Gutter Trash episode 201. Punisher, Circle of Blood. My name is Eric. And I'm Jason. How's it going? It is going delightful. That's good. Lee. Whatever. I think it needed a, uh, I, I think it's required an adverb. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm not positive. Me neither. <clears throat> Who are we? <clears throat> Diane uh, from Cheers? We don't know. Nope. <laughs> Well, for starters, both of us have bigger tits. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Shelly Long. Yep. Hey, welcome back. Yeah? Back to, to, to normal business. Yeah. And yeah, we're here again. Business as usual. Back in the say. office. Back in, in the, the office. offices of Gutter kind of Trash Studios. Mm-hmm. Uh, Welcome yourself, sir. Yeah. yeah so, uh, so yeah, it's too bad that uh, stupid that you couldn't join us for uh, the 200th celebration. Well, I thought as a treat for the listener, for uh, slogging through the previous 199 episodes, I, <laughs> I would give them a reprieve. <laughs> well, we missed you. Oh, yeah. Well, I was there. I just didn't talk <laughs> loud enough to be heard. Apparently, I haven't listened to the recording. Yet. Is it is it like inaudible? Uh, you are. Yeah, yeah. That's so weird. <clears throat> uh, Kathleen also was was uh, was very uh, minuscule uh, throughout the episode. Uh, are you making fun of the, her height, sir? I am. Okay. Uh, but you also couldn't hear. Her. Oh, okay. <clears throat> I couldn't see her over the table, and I couldn't hear her. In my headphones. Well, we did sort of fool around under the table for most of the recording procedure, oh, okay. so that's probably why you didn't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's just something about whenever she sees, like, Smokey and the Bandit on the whatever format that was before Laserdisc that looks like Laserdisc. She <laughs> she just gets hot and bothered. And, you know, GameSwap is a Twitter with things like that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to disappear for a while. I think uh, were those video discs? Video discs, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, they have like dozens of those things. Oh yeah, they do. I had never ever heard of that format. Really? Until I was at Game of Swap last, you know, like a year ago or two years right. ago. Right. Oh wow, when uh, when I was a kid, uh, I had some neighbors, uh, the, these uh, twin brothers, and uh, they had uh, like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory on the uh, video <laughs> disc. Uh, they had like random episodes of Masters of the Universe. What? Oh yeah. So this, they were kind of like eight tracks, right? Where you watch them, and then all of a sudden it just like explodes and like shoots out and like uh, makes no, them. no. But uh, you did have to uh, like uh, <laughs> like you had to turn them over, right? Yeah, in the middle of the movie, pop them out of the uh, the machine, and then uh, flip them over, and then put it back in. They look like giant floppy disks. Wow. Yeah. Did it have, does it have like logos on the? Oh yeah, stuff? it had okay. like full, like almost album-sized art. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know the box does. Or is that the? Oh actual... yeah, even the disc. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah, those aren't the boxes. 
Those are the those are the things. That's that the way are, you pop you know, in. It's uh, like a cartridge for Nintendo for an old Nintendo or something. Yeah, okay. but like you know, like bigger than a, a record. Yeah, it's yeah. like slightly bigger than a yeah a vinyl record. Wow. Yeah, I had never heard of that format. Was that like just so like short lived? I guess. I mean, yeah, my friends, uh, they were the only people I knew that ever had that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, uh, I've never seen it since other than, you know, when they started showing up at GameSwap. Like, I don't, I wouldn't even know what type of machine would be needed to play it. <laughs> it's probably something so large it wouldn't even fit inside GameSwap. Right. <laughs> <laughs> No, those things are ridiculous. <laughs> I even remember the first time I saw a Laserdisc, and like I was always, when I was younger, super impressed with technology. Maybe Laserdiscs are the reason I don't like new technologies anymore. <laughs> because I remember I went over to my friend's house, and he was a lot older than me because he was my brother's buddy. And me and my brother went over there, and we were going to watch Backdraft on Laserdisc. Because <laughs> this guy was a fireman. His right. name was Doug, Doug the Fireman. <clears throat> and he had just got this brand new technology called Laserdisc Player. And none of us had ever even heard of it. And then he pulled it out and we started watching it and we were like, wow, it's so crisp looking on his TV and it was amazing. And like halfway through the movie, it just goes black. And he was like, we were like, what? What happened? He's like, oh, I just, I gotta flip it over. And I was like, I don't like this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was whenever I first, first was, you know, dubiously looking at new technology. Right. And now they have, uh, Blu-rays. Which, uh, ideally can hold, you know, 50 gig worth of, uh, of, uh, information on it. Which is a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. It's like, it's like 10, 10 of my flash drives. <laughs> yeah? That, yeah. <laughs> uh, you have a, a low resolution movie, you can put like 20 movies on a thing. So why do they, why do they, uh, not oh. put a bunch of movies on there? Because, uh, there, I'm sure there are some that have multiple mm-hmm. movies. Uh, but, uh, mostly because, uh, it's high def and you, you want the, the uh, yeah. highest quality possible and, uh, that uses up the most space on the disc. But ideally you could buy, like, a Blu-ray that has all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies on ideally, it. Ideally. Yeah. Wow, that would be cool. I'm pretty sure that that actually exists. Wow. Uh, okay, I'm back in. New right, technology. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, in fact, actually I saw something today. I was looking for something and, uh... Uh, yeah, so a Blu-ray that had, uh, Superman the movie, Superman 2, and Superman 2 the Donner cut on one Blu-ray. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I'm sure the quality on them is, uh, not that great. Just comparatively. Because, right. It's probably the, the DVD quality. Just, you know. I think that's always been, like, the case, though. It's, like, you know, when cassettes came out or CDs came out. Like, even when CDs first came out, they weren't as high quality, oh, yeah. um, and then like they fixed it pretty much right away. But um, yeah, it's always like quantity versus quality because right. like cassette tapes were so portable and convenient, but you know you suffered a little bit on the the quality, quality of the sound. sound yeah. right? uh, I don't mind a little quality loss as long as like the convenience makes up for it. Right. Uh, it depends on what it is. Um, like my my theory is like when I buy Blu-rays or DVDs, is uh, I'm not gonna buy a Blu-ray for a movie that's over ten years old, right? You know? Yeah, <laughs> unless like they've just restored it. Somehow. Right, right. But yeah, if it's like you know, uh, 
you know, the Sylvester Stallone Judge Dredd movie. You know, uh, <laughs> right. comes out on Blu-ray, then, uh, yeah, I'm fine with the DVD on that. Yes. Maybe even the VHS, if you still have a play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's like when they, like, they go back and, you know, they digitally remaster all these classic albums. Right. Uh, like, you know, even some 70s, you know, classic rock, but I mean, I've even seen, like, Sonic Youth albums being remastered, and it's like, you know, part of the charm of some of that stuff is right. the noise and the, like, <clears throat> the lo-fi quality of it, and, like, I don't know, you can, you can almost, like, process it too much where, <clears throat> instead of fixing it, you're actually, uh, you're actually harming. Yeah, but on the other hand, it's also, can be very good. Uh, I had the, uh, uh, Black Sabbath, uh, first four albums, uh, remastered. I listened to those. And, uh, man, like, it's still got, you know, everything that you love about Black Sabbath, you know, in it. But, like, suddenly you can hear, like, there's, like, extra guitar parts that you've never heard before in songs. You know, like, extra bass riffs that they just, you know, were, were mm, too just, muddled. Yeah, just hidden, like, in the wow. mix. That is kind of uh, intriguing, actually. Yeah. I would kind of like to hear that. But, I mean, you know, at the same time. But if I yeah. never did hear it, I'd, right, exactly. I'd still love those albums. All right. Uh, well, this has been tech talk. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of old things that uh, maybe, uh, maybe you know, could use some touching up yeah. quality-wise. I would say yes. Yeah. Maybe. And maybe in spots. Yeah. Uh, the Punisher, Circle of Blood, also known as the uh, the very first Punisher miniseries. Yeah. Uh, what year is this? Nineteen. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess eighty six. I think it was eighty six. Uh, I agree with you because that's what it says. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Uh. So yeah. So this is the uh, the original miniseries uh, that came out uh, after. But he'd only appeared in a couple of uh, Spider-Man issues here and there. Yeah, like 129 and some in the 130s, I think. Yeah, maybe some other random spots here and there. Because mm-hmm. I remember reading uh, one story, like the reprint, of... Uh, it was a story with uh, the Punisher and, it's, and uh, Spider-Man and Nightcrawler. Yeah, yeah. yeah those are, I think those are the 130s where they're like on the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, yeah. 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 Good stuff. <laughs> Man, early Punisher. I remember when I was a kid, that was my brother's favorite character, and I was like, why do you like this guy? He doesn't even wear a mask. He's, <laughs> you know, he's, he's not cool, and then like, he was like, just read this, and then like, he handed me some of the Spider-Mans, and I was like, oh my god, he's awesome. Yeah. He kills people! <laughs> and he doesn't even wear a mask, he doesn't hide his face. Nope. He's a publicly known Frank Castle. The Punisher. Um, so yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. The, uh, the, the, the Punisher fandom. Yeah. Cause, cause it can get extreme at times, I think. You mean like how he, like just his fandomness? Yeah. It seems like it's not there anymore though. Yeah. But I mean, like, it seems like in the 80s and oh, ni- yeah. 90s it was, like, you know, it seems like Deadpool's kind of taken over where, uh, you would he's, have He's a, a funny Punisher. Yeah. Without any motivation. Yeah, that's so much better. No, no, I, I yeah, I like I like Punishers a lot better. Uh, I do as well. Uh, I mean, I will say this about Deadpool: he is uh, probably the one character created in comics in the last 
30 years or so that has, uh, uh, a, you know, gained so much popularity, especially recently, like in the past 10 years, that it's insane. Yeah. Uh, he's also a character that is, uh, completely different than, uh, how he was originally conceived. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. possibly for the better. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he wasn't nearly as funny. Yeah. First time around. Uh, he was just, uh, he was Deathstroke who talked a lot. Or, yeah, but I mean, like, I almost feel like I shouldn't even say, because I, I really don't find the Deadpool stuff funny. Oh, it's not, but. But, yeah. I mean, it's meant to be funny. Right, like, right. it's, it's like saying Ray Romano is a comedian. Sure, he's a comedian. Right. <laughs> he's just not funny. Well, it's also a personal taste. Yeah. You know, an exactly. opinion. Uh, cause, uh, who knows? Maybe Ray Romano is actually a really funny comedian. I can't say that his uh, show is awful. Yeah. But at least Everybody Loves Raymond is awful. Oh yeah, he uh, might be hilarious. Right. Yeah. Cause, cause obviously, uh, comedians and their, and their, uh, their acts and their, their, you know, you know, uh, primetime sitcoms are obviously going to be two different things. Right. Like your Bob Saget's. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I always thought that guy was not funny at all until I saw some of his stand-ups. So. Right. Um, uh, Punisher or something. Deadpool. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah you were talking about the Punisher, how it's like, it was this thing. It was like, it this was, yeah. Juggernaut when we were kids. Yeah. It was like, kind of like the Venom of the 80s, sort of. Kind of. Maybe yeah. it was like, yeah, maybe it was like Punisher and then Venom and then Deadpool. Cause there's always like a dark, popular character. Right. With, uh, Wolverine all the way through. Yeah. 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 You can't get rid of Wolverine. No. He's just the best. I mean, I remember, I mean, you know, I'm sure you remember too. You know, uh, the, the big deal when it was uh, the Punisher Wolverine Ghost Rider crossover. Hard Darkness? Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> hey, John Romita Jr., man. Oh yeah. He, he tore that a, shit up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, uh, I think all three of them all guest starred in each other's books, you know, right around the same time, too. Oh yeah. yeah. That whole Midnight Suns thing. Yeah. Uh, maybe not so much that, but. Wasn't Punisher in that? Maybe not. I don't think so, no. That was definitely a ghostwriter thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just, uh, I mean, he's such a, a simple character. Like, like, occasionally not even that much of a character. The Punisher? Yeah. Like, like he's just sort of, uh, I don't know, uh, he's kind of like a, he's kind of like, he's kind of one note. Yeah, but I mean, He's kind of like Batman without the cool like uh imagery. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like he's like an imageless Batman, you know. But, but he does have a very cool image though. With the big skull. Yeah, yeah. the costume is awesome. Yeah, and I mean, probably one of the last iconic costumes ever made. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, what other? And it's weird. He's not a superhero, but you know. What other super heroic character out there has, since then has had such an instantly recognizable <laughs> yeah, thing? Yeah, probably not. Probably nothing really since then. Right. Uh, but I mean, they don't create new characters anymore. That's something of the past. Well, that is true. <laughs> but uh, but even when they did, and even uh, indie comics or you know, right. image, you yeah. know, it's like uh, you, 
Yeah, Hellboy yeah. with his hands, you know. Yeah, but, I mean... Right, no, I'm... I, you that's know what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. You see a, a black t-shirt with a white skull on it, the first thing that you think of immediately is the Punisher. Right. Or Glenn Danzig. <laughs> or the Punisher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, that said, I've actually not read that many Punisher comics. Really? Yeah. Did you read the Garth Ennis stuff? Uh, I read some of it. Mm-hmm. I read uh, the the initial uh, twelve issue series, the, the Welcome Back Frank uh, story. Um, <clears throat> I think I read like the first six issues of Punisher Max. Yeah, uh, those are good. Yeah, those are very good. Uh, I tried to read the follow up story a lot and was bored to tears and dropped it. Really? Yeah, I I probably made it maybe like. I don't know, 30 issues in. Really? Yeah. Wow. I really liked that that whole Punisher Max series. But yeah, Welcome Back, Frank is great. Yeah, yeah. Um, before that, I think I read the first issue of the Marvel Knights Punisher. Oh. The, uh, angel, yeah. power, yeah. demon-killing right. Punisher. Right. That uh, Bernie Wrightson drew for some reason. Did he really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. I was thinking that was Pat Lee for some reason. No, I mean, he did, like, it was like a Wolverine Punisher thing that he uh, did. That's what I'm thinking of. The, right. uh, that was after that. But yeah, no, wow, Bernie the first one. Yeah. I did not know that. Or if I did, it disappeared yeah. in my brain. Well, it's better off that way. <laughs> oh, is it bad? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the first issue was terrible. But it's all I read. But the art was probably good. Oh, the art was amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's just too bad that uh, it was what it was. <laughs> um. Then there was a Punisher reboot in like the the late nineties uh, that uh, John Ostrander and uh, Tom Lyle worked on. Oh where, yeah, uh, the first issue had the Punisher being electrocuted, but it was fake. And then he worked for the mob. Ah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and he had a ponytail. That's not so cool. No. No. <laughs> Frank Castle does not need a ponytail. Uh, and then, uh, other than that, I read, uh, the first eight issues of Punisher Warzone. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, Chuck Dixon and John Romita Jr. Yeah, that's good stuff. That was very good stuff. I think one of my favorite comic covers ever is the issue where he's, like, mowing the lawn in the shape of the skull. Do you remember that? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> There's a Punisher Warzone cover. I forget what number it is, but <laughs> he's got one of those riding mowers and he's just mowing his lawn in the skull. <laughs> Uh, let's see, I think I read the issue where he became a black guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, then that, it was not like a crossover with Luke Cage, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, uh, then, I think that's it. I think that's all I had ever read. I think, yeah, you've read probably about the same amount as I have, maybe even a little more. Yeah. Uh, cause this is my first time reading this one. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I'd read it once when I was probably like 12. Yeah. Uh, I never, uh, I never, uh, found a copy. Um, up in, well, I've had, uh, issues two through five of this series for probably about ten years now. And have never been able to find an affordable copy of issue number one. So I never read it, because what's the point if you don't have the first issue? Right. Yeah. Um, 
And then uh, a couple weeks ago at uh, Mavericks, uh, you had the uh, trade paperback of this uh, out uh, that I convinced you to sell to me for five bucks. Because <laughs> uh, it was like a used copy. Right? It was a used copy. You you were trying to not. Because it's a classic, and it's I believe it's out of print. Uh, it is, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that version of it is. Mm. It's still in print. Is it? Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The, the, the premiere editions or whatever, yeah, yeah they're still... They're still out there. Uh, but yeah, you were trying to sell this to me for, you know, the, the cover price. Uh, the thing was falling apart. <laughs> uh, it's not here with me because, uh, pages are falling out. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh. So, it was worth the five dollars. Right. Yeah. That's cool, then. Yeah. Um, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's because. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I was worried. I'm always worried whenever we read uh anything from the 80s, right. especially uh, like superhero stuff. Yeah, because because I'm just worried that it's gonna be awful. And not only that, but you'll like it crushes part of your soul because a you're, little bit. Yeah, you remember it so fondly, right? You know, uh. Or, like, you know, in the case of, of something like this, you know, that I had never read before, you know, it would be one of those things, why do people love this? You know? <laughs> All right. Uh, this is super good. It really is. Except, let's go ahead and get to it, the final issue. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, it has a different tone, I think, than the rest of the issues. Oh, you are you talking about issue four? I'm talking about issue five. See, I didn't read issue five because all the other issues says one in a four issue series. And I was like wondering why you gave me this extra comic. <laughs> I was like, what's this bonus comic you put in here? I don't have time to read that. <laughs> it does. Wow. <laughs> I had not noticed. For some reason, number two says number two in a five-issue series. Yeah. But all the other ones say number, you know, number one and three and four of a four-issue series. Right. And, and number five says five in a five-issue limited <laughs> series. And I remember being perplexed by that since I was a kid, but I actually looked it up today because I was like, oh. I want to know why that is. Okay. And it was because number one, as it, you know, professes here on the cover, is a double-sized double first issue. Okay. Number four, was also supposed to be a double-sized final issue, and they were running behind, so they made it into two separate issues, and that's why they split the creative team up. Okay. So they were both working on it at the same time. <clears throat> that's why issue five is weird. Yeah. I mean, obviously I can tell because the art is not Mike Zek. Right. Uh, but, yeah, like the dialogue also was a little weird. Yeah, it was like Joe Duffy. Joe was? Duffy, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, they, they, I guess they still worked off of Stephen Grant's scripts. Plot, right, yeah. Right. Still, yeah, it's, it's weird. It's, it's, it's a little jarring. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially when, you know, no offense to that guy personally, uh, whoever he was, but. <laughs> Who was that guy? Uh. Let's see. He, uh, Mike Vosberg. Okay. He is no Mike Zek. Who is? Mike Zek is. I know, right? Mike Zek is fucking awesome, and not enough people are talking about it. I am with you. Like, he, I would say, if I had to pick the most, like, like, I think, 
I, I mean, I swear, I know Jack Kirby, like, kind of, like, started this whole, like, dynamic, uh, you know, like, camera angle for superheroes, because before that it was pretty straightforward, right. and, like, you know, everything was flat, and, like, Jack Kirby added a lot of depth, but, I mean, Mike Zek is amazing with, like, camera angles and, like, oh, perspective yeah. and, like, I mean, his, like, those G.I. Joe covers he did in the 80s. Oh, fuck yeah. Some of the best covers ever. Yeah. Um, you know, like, like, like I said, uh, I've never been like a gigantic Punisher fan, but like, you know, ever since I started collecting comics, you know, uh, every time I've thought of the Punisher, I always think of Mike Zek. Yeah. You know, uh, like I even, uh, like back in like the early nineties had a Punisher t-shirt that, uh, Mike Zek did the art for. Yeah. You know, and, uh. Do you have the Punisher poster somewhere? Uh, no, I do have the Mike Zek uh, Captain America Wolverine. Poster. Oh yeah, that's what you have. Yeah. yeah, my brother used to have the Mike Zek Punisher poster where he's like spraying machine gun fire. Right, was right. on his closet door. Um, yeah. in 1990, uh, there was a uh, computer game, uh, The Punisher, uh, that came out, and I had a copy of that, and uh, uh, it was. One of my favorite games I've ever played, and, uh, like, even a couple of years ago, I managed to snag a copy and, uh, played it a little bit. Uh, and it has Mike Seckart, like, like in the splash screens. And, like, oh, the wow, actual, really? Yeah, yeah. On the actual game? Yeah. I thought you were just going to say on the box art. That's no, awesome. Like, yeah, it was the box art, too. Right. Uh, but yeah, like, the, the splash screens or whatever that they, they show, you know, like, in between, you know, gameplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, was like, you know, like even from, from this series even, uh, was, was, uh, some of his art, you know, that's digi- awesome. Digitized, pixelized. Right. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, just Mike Zach, uh, and, and like, it's just like when you first start reading comics, you know, you're just like, yay, comics. And then like, you know, as you get more and more into it, you start realizing that human beings make them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm going to say Mike Zek is probably in, like, the top five of people that I, I, you know, figured out who they were. Oh, yeah. You know. I don't think I I knew who he was for a long time, but, like, once I figured out that he's the guy that did all those, like, G.I. Joe covers and all right. that, I was like, wow, I got to, yeah. But, I mean, I don't think when I was a kid I knew his name. But, yeah, he's, I'm not, he's like, yeah, like you said, I mean, not enough people like seem to ever mention his name. He seems like of of that camp, like Kevin Nolan, where you, I bet every professional comic artist is like Mike Zek is the shit, right? You know, he's he's kind of like the Faith No More of comic book artists, <laughs> where like every musician thinks they're amazing, but nobody ever talks about him, right? Um, yeah, because I mean he's clearly the shit, but nobody at a shop ever talks about him, right? Uh, yeah, he is amazing. Uh. Like, I'm looking through this book, and, uh, you know, uh, the trade paperback is uh, a little bit cleaner than, uh, obviously, the, the single issues are. Right. Uh, you know, so there's some retouching up to it, but, uh, you know, but it's still, like, you know, I think that book came out in, like, 2000, something like that. Uh, so it's still printed with that sort of, that, uh, dot pattern kind right, of Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but even that, I'm like, I'm looking at the art and it's so, it's gritty, 
it's realistic, and it's cartoony, yeah. and it's over the top. How the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really is. I was going to say something about how he's he's really uh, proficient at the cartoon language. I mean, there's a lot of, like, I mean, not like, you know, <laughs> like Beale Bailey-style cartoon imagery, right, yeah. but, but, I mean, there's a lot of, like, cartoon, like, sort of, like, tropes and effects or whatever where, like, when people move and you see the, you know, the, I don't know, the movement lines and everything, like, he's got, like, the cartoony down, but yeah, it's so, re- like, it's got, like, a realistic, like, gritty feel to it. And, right. Man, I love that combo. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a good image, but I mean, like, I know whenever uh, he's in prison, because it starts out Frank Castle, uh, you know, is in prison. I mean, yeah, like, just whenever he grabs people and punches people, there's all these just motion lines and, like, those, like, little, not sweat beads coming off their head, but, like, just little lines, like, surprise lines, and he's amazing. He is fantastic. So many iconic drawings of the Punisher in this that, you know, even to this day still sort of, you know, you still see influences, you know, the, the modern Punisher books. You still see them on posters and video games and, right. you know, uh, strippers, uh, tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> my, my tramp stamp is a Mike Zick Punisher. Right. You know, yeah. I thought it was weird that you went with the Jim Lee one, but. Well, you know, everybody loves Jim Lee. <laughs> it was, it was, you just walked in, you were drunk, it was on the flash art. Right. You know, you're just like, that one, right there. <laughs> uh, there have been a ton of great artists that have worked on the Punisher too. Uh, I mean, obviously I don't think Jim Lee is great, but the majority of uh, comic readers do. Oh, yeah. John Romita Jr. John Romita Jr., Will Spertatio, Eric Larson. Uh, Steve Dillon. Steve Uh, Dillon, uh, yeah. Tim Bradstreet. John McRae. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Derek Robertson. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he did a couple of the uh, Garth Ennis books. Can you imagine a, a Mike Allred Punisher? <laughs> <laughs> I can. Uh, but yeah. It, it's, it's pretty ginchy. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I can even, uh, cause, uh, I remember the, uh, Art Adams, uh, new Fantastic Four. Oh, yeah. Storyline that had a, uh, a Punisher cameo for one panel. <laughs> <laughs> Really? Just one panel? Yeah. yeah. That's uh, fine. So yeah, so that, uh, that Punisher game I was talking about actually, uh, little ways uh, follows the, the plot of this book. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, basically the Punisher is aligned with a group called The Trust, who are a, a group of concerned citizens who want to wipe out crime and they're using uh, the Punisher as a tool. And they're uh, like, Sort of high powered or strategically positioned to help him because they're not just some dudes that were hanging out at a bar like, we should get rid of crime. Right, yeah, it's yeah. like, it's like a warden and, you know, like, uh, some other like positions of power. Right. I forget what they are. Well, but. We never really get introduced to most of them or any of them really. Right. Uh, we just learned that, uh, one of them is, uh, screwing the Punisher over. And that uh, pretty much drives the rest of the story of uh, the Punisher deciding that he doesn't like being screwed. Yeah. And also, there's, like, innocent lives being caught in the crossfire. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, that's, there's some pretty heavy stuff in this miniseries. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's, like, innocent people being killed, which, you know, like, if you know anything about the Punisher's origin, like, that's the whole reason he's around is, right. uh, the, like, uh, some gangs, like, you know, caught his family in the crossfire and his wife and daughter, I think, were killed. Two kids. Two kids, yeah. yeah son and daughter. Um, and, yeah, like, kids die in this, like, we, we, see them get shot and murdered uh you know it's yeah it gets pretty dark yeah it's gritty yeah uh but like yeah like like even the the dialogue is not you know that over the top you know 80s comic book you know it's it's very naturalistic yeah definitely at least in the yeah there's a like a you could tell like maybe as maybe i did notice the credits right before i read the fifth issue but it seemed like yeah i like i like the dialogue better in the first four like it just it has a better flow uh stephen grant was the the main writer uh don't know that i've ever read anything else by him i feel like i I know there's, I always get Alan Grant and Steve Grant mixed up, but right. I feel like I've read other Steve Grant stuff. I don't know. Hmm. Not sure though. Uh, me neither. I'm sure. Everybody that's worked in comics in the 80s did some Batman at one point, I'm sure. Probably, yeah. But did they do, uh, did, did, uh, who wrote, uh, Thousand, what was it? Thousand Nights of the Beast, Ten Thousand Nights of the Beast. Oh, Ten Thousand Nights, yeah. Uh, that might have been a Grant. Yeah, I know Mike Zach drew it. Was it Ulysses S. Grant? Could have been Ulysses <laughs> Grant. Yeah. <laughs> what else is that guy famous for? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was Mike Zach too. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it was. Yeah, maybe it was that pair. Uh, they obviously work great together. Heck yeah! At least uh, this. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, it's like almost 30 years old, 25 years old or whatever, isn't it? 25 years old? Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Something like that. And, uh, it, yeah, I mean, it still reads really well. Oh, yeah. Like, it even has, like, even the last issue, which we were both, I wouldn't say we're slagging the last issue, but yeah, yeah. it definitely, like, has a, like, a little dip in quality because, like, you know, the, it was rushed and whatever. Right. But... Like, it's kind of heavy. I mean, like, it's got a good ending and, like, some powerful message. Like, all throughout the book, like you said, the trust, you know, they kind of want the same thing that the Punisher wants. They're trying to get rid of crime. Um, But they, like, you know, the one thing that they do differently is, you know, like, if some innocents have to die, that's fine as long as it gets rid of crime in the the long run. Right. Um, Or the short run because they're wanting to do it really fast. Um, So it gets the Punisher to kind of question himself like i think there's even a scene where a cop is talking to the punisher when he's arresting him and he's like he's like what's the difference between you and them anyway and and the punisher's kind of like (laughs) because he's like yeah this is really similar he's he's having to question his own character and i mean yeah i mean it's it's like well written oh yeah it's incredibly well written um i'm gonna say like uh i think the first issue is probably my favorite issue out of the entire batch. Uh, and I'm also going to say probably one of the best prison breakout stories I've ever uh, yeah, experienced. I agree. It's awesome. The first issue is fucking incredible. Yeah. I love the stuff with Jigsaw. Oh, yeah. That is amazing. 
like his whole like cell, how it's just like set up like his, uh, and and like it's great looking back at it too because it's supposed to be like, um, you know, cutting edge technology. And he's got this giant TV with a big antenna, and like, yeah, <laughs> it's supposed to look all suave, and like he's in the, you know, he's in the, sh- you know, the shit, you know, he's doing good, but, but yeah, yeah, that first issue is fucking amazing. The whole prison stories are always good, but right, that one is top notch. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, I can easily be said, uh, if you've never read this, go do it. It's yeah. Excellent. Apparently it's still in print. I wouldn't know because I just work at a comic shop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so obviously all I know about is the Return to Ravnica releases October 5th. Get your game on at Maverick. <laughs> uh, I didn't have this thought while I was reading it, uh... Because uh, I've been digging through a bunch of my old comics, and uh, I found the uh, I have uh, two copies of the the original Wolverine uh, series. Oh, the Frank Miller, Frank Miller, Chris Claremont. Yeah, I have the uh, like one of the like original trade paperbacks of it, like uh, from like the the late eighties. Oh, it's got like the white. Backgroundless cover. Yeah. And he's yeah. fighting a bunch of ninjas. Yeah, it's like a weird size format too. Yeah, it's kind of short. Yeah. Uh, so I have that and I have the, uh, the premier hardcover version of it, uh, which, which just came out like, you know, probably six, seven years ago, something like that. Right. And, uh, I was flipping through that, uh, and I noticed that they, they cleaned up all the coloring in it and, I gotta say that I like the way that the original trick paperback looks, you know, with that dot pattern yeah. coloring and the the trade paperback version of, of this Punisher story has the, the similar thing. And so I know that like, you know, the new version that's out there is gonna have the cleaned up coloring. Right. Like I don't know if it's gonna work as well. Yeah, I think that's like goes back to what we were talking about with the technology at the beginning of the show. Like like, I know there's faults in this. Like, there's actually some words in some of the the balloons here that I couldn't even read because it just, right. like, it's, like, garbled together. The letter, like, an E just looks like an O. Right. And, like, I had to, like, make some leaps. Like, oh, I bet he's saying this. <laughs> like, that happened more than one time while I was reading this. But even with that, like, yeah, like you said, like, it just has that feel and that look of that, that newsprint 80s and, and that kind of, like, soft color. Like, the color's right. real soft in spots. It, but like yeah, usually when they recolor it and put it in trades, it's on like Glossy bright paper, bright white yeah. paper, and it's yeah. like the color's so deep, and it's right. it almost completely changes the tone of it. Well, even that trade is is on like a really nice white paper, but it's it's not glossy. It's a matte finish. It's thick. You know, it you know works with the art, and then, you know the same with the the Wolverine thing. Uh, but yeah, once you see it on that glossy paper with like, you know, computer enhanced coloring, like, I don't know, there's just something about seeing that old art with that new coloring that just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think recently, uh, did Marvel re-release, uh, Amazing Fantasy number 15? Yeah. Like, completely mm-hmm. recolored. And that looked awesome. <laughs> you know, you think I, I don't agree at oh, all. Oh man, I loved that one. I uh, thought that looked great. No, I, I do not agree at all. <laughs> Usually, yeah, usually I don't like it when they touch it up because it just seems like they're like, ah, just put some deep colors, but it seems like they spend a lot of time, and I actually thought, I thought that was a good mix of that old art and the new color. 
I guess maybe I'd have to take another look at it, but yeah, just my initial reaction to it was like, I don't think that needed it. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, I think it was sort of like just like an experiment. Right. I mean, I don't think it necessarily needed it, because I, I think it looks great, you know, like right. from the 60s, but but I do think they did it a little differently than they usually do, and I thought it worked a lot better. Right. I do remember uh, they do that with uh, Jim Lee's X-Men number one recently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did think the coloring in that looked way yeah, better. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed, yeah. So I thought it was along those, more like those right. lines. Where, like, but at the same time, like, you know, I think Jim Lee's art fits that style of coloring more than Steve Ditko. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. I totally agree. But there's something about it I just really, I dug right. it. Like, because even on the inside, there's uh, the cover to um, Amazing... Spider-Man number one somewhere, right. and like that cover to me never looked so good as sure. it did on that in that new version. Yeah, maybe I'll take another look at it. Speaking of color, and before we stop talking about this okay. book, right. um, we we're talking about how iconic these books have always been, like the imagery. Right. I think a lot of a lot of it because when I think of the Punisher, if someone says you know the Punisher, I think of one of these covers of of this miniseries. Is it? Can I guess? Well, no, or it's not. just any... Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, but, like, most of them, actually. Right. Um, I was going to guess number three. Number three. For sure. Uh, Where he's standing in front of the, like, bullet-ridden... Uh, uh, what target, target, target practice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm with you on that entirely. Phil Zimmelman. Huh? Phil Zimmelman did the coloring on this. Oh, okay. And he's nothing to shake a stick at. Because <laughs> I think... I think he's one of those people, like, like I love Jack Kirby's art, but when Vince Coletta inks Jack Kirby, I think it's, like, next level. Right. And, I'm and you the, are the only one. <laughs> I, I believe so. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the same thing about, like, because I love Mike Zeck's art, but my favorite ever Mike Zeck art are the covers that Phil Zimmelman colored. Colored, right. Um, oh, I agree. Uh, you know, I mean, I think... Some of them are better than others, but uh, when they are at their best, it is fucking amazing. Did I ever, did I ever tell you about the time I met Phil Zimmelman? Uh-uh. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this. I have never heard the name Phil Zimmelman until just now. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and it's uh, almost off-putting how often we're said. <laughs> His name was Phil Zimmelman. His name was Phil. Okay. Um, no, you know, okay, in the 90s, you know how uh, Dayton never really had any big comic conventions, but they always had those little Holiday Inn ones, right, yeah. the Jubilee conventions, yes. which I'm guessing are named after the Jubilee character from X-Men. I don't think so. No? Maybe yeah. not. Maybe it's just like the name of the promotion right, that yeah. put it together. But, but anyway, they always only ever had one guest, and like it was never... Anybody huge, but it was never like just some guy that lives in Dayton and right. draws comics in his I mom's remember basement. one being Bob McCloud, who yeah. was the original artist on New Mutants. Yeah, yeah. see, yeah. I I went to one where it was Jay Lee, but he Before he was he was on his like second issue of Namor at the time. Nice, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, one of them that I went to was Phil Zimmerman. That was their big guest, and. And uh, I was like, who the hell is Phil Zimmelman, <laughs> right? And I, like, walk over to his table, and, you know, he's got, like, the Punisher covers. It's like, holy shit, it's that guy! Because, <laughs> you know, I love those covers. Right. 
And he was like, there was nobody at his table. He was a big dude, big hairy dude. I mean, like he was a large man and he had tons of hair everywhere. And, uh, and he was just sitting behind his table drawing and like looking at his, at his drawing. He like wasn't looking up at all. Right. And, uh, and I just walk over to his table and, and he's just selling like expensive shit, you know, because right. like prints and posters. And I was like, 12. Right. So I had no idea. I was like, no, I'm not, can't buy anything. But he had a half comic box on his table, just like a, you know, a hundred count comic box. And it was just full of random comics that weren't done by him. Right. Like I, I remember specifically there were uh, like the one that caught my eye was the first book in the box was, uh, a Clive Barker. It was like books of the damned with a Simon Bisley cover. Okay. And uh, so I walk over and I'm like flipping through them, and there's a, a sign on the front of the box, like like handwritten, and it says, "Comics in this box are free, or a dollar if you ask why." <laughs> and uh, and I just stood there, and he like never even looked up from his his drawing tablet, and I was just standing there looking at the comic box, and I pulled out a dollar. <laughs> And I, and I picked out a, you know, my books of the damned book and I set it on the, on the table in front of him and I handed him a dollar and he just like looks up from his, you know, he doesn't move his hands at all, but he like looks up from his drawing and, uh, and he like looks down and sees the dollar on the table. And I was like, I gotta know why. And he goes, just, just take the comic and go. <laughs> he wouldn't take my dollar and he wouldn't tell me why. <laughs> He was so fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, what a cool guy. That is a fantastic tactic. <laughs> the next time you do space, yeah, you put a sign up, all comics free, or a dollar, if you ask why. <laughs> I'll probably sell the same one as I always do. <laughs> but you'll probably sell yeah, that's right, yeah. People are like, I gotta know why. <laughs> so now you just need to come up with a, a story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he didn't have a story. That's uh, true. But he also didn't take your dollar. That's true, You yeah. want these people's dollars. That's true. Yeah. I'm no Phil Zimmerman. I need, I need cash. <laughs> Although, more on this later, I am now an official, professional comic book artist okay. as of today. <laughs> well then I think that's as uh, good a place as any to take a break and we'll come back and find out why oh, all right. I'll pay you a dollar <laughs> just take your dollar kid and get out of here <laughs> uh, The Punisher Circle of Blood go read it oh yes
Well, hey, welcome back to Gutter Trash. <coughs> We're enjoying some gum. Yes, we are. <laughs> mm. We're now grossing out the listener. <laughs> but it's good gum. My, my mouth feels like alive. Yeah. Like, like a, there's not. There's like a sexy iceberg floating around in it. <laughs> That's what uh, dentine ice will do to you. <laughs> sexy icebergs. Sexy icebergs in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like a like a really bad Mad Lib. Like uh, like <laughs> someone put in the word iceberg. Right. Like like you could take like a script from a porn and make Mad Libs out of it. <sighs> we should do that because when I was a kid. We had Spider-Man and Hulk Mad Libs, right. and we just put in naughty words where, you know, every time of they course. said noun or at. Right, yeah. But maybe we should do a reverse to, like, make up for it. <laughs> like, take, like, the script of porns and, like, put in nice words. Yeah, yeah. That could be a, that could be our million-dollar idea. Sure, or boring and tedious. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, whatever. Hey. At least we end up getting to watch porn at the end of the day. That's true. There yeah. is that bottom line. <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes it's all I've got. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's nothing wrong with a little X-rated action. Nope. How's it going? Pretty good. Yeah? Pretty good. How about yourself? Ah, I'm all right. Yeah. So, uh, you, you gave us a little tease there before we left. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's hear that story. Yeah, I am... You're listening to the voice of a professional comics artist, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, today at We Care Arts, the, my other job, um, I started actually, cause I, like, if you've read the Day Off Diary thing, I've mentioned before how me and my friend Lauren were working on a comic together. We were just writing it. Today I started drawing it, and, uh, I was literally paid an hourly wage to draw comics. For three, nice. uh, three hours today. Nice. So I was paid, I did two pages in three hours. Uh, I was paid $8 an hour. So, what does that work out to? 24 bucks to draw two pages. My page rate is about 12 bucks a page. <laughs> Maybe a little bit less than what, you know, your Jim Lee's and your Francis Manipools are getting, but. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'll take it. Right. Because. That's something. He also produced uh, more than neither of those two guys would in a week. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, it's only going to be a 12-page comic. Yeah. So I'm thinking after five more uh, weeks of working, because I just work there one day a week, after five more weeks, I'm no longer going to be a professional comics artist. Right. So my days are numbered. Oh, well, you got to take it where you can. Yeah. yeah. Hey, it just feels good to break it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> After this, I might do a pull a Zillman and just kind of go into retirement. <laughs> hang, hang up my airbrushes. Right. <laughs> yeah, we looked up Phil Zillman uh, in the break, and uh, he hasn't done a terrible lot since uh, since about the mid nineties or so. But, yeah, uh, you know, I'm sure he's he's doing something. Yeah. I bet he gets commission requests. Oh, sure I mean, people a, love those covers. Yeah. They remember that guy. Uh, I'm sure he's doing like concept work or character design or something like that. Video games. I'd like to see, like, I know they listed, you know, he did some color coloring work and he did some actual, you know, like penciling or whatever. Right. I don't know that I've ever seen anything that I realize he's done 
other than color these covers. So I'd like to see what his actual, his personal artwork looks like. Right. I'd be curious. It would be a curiosity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> so what's, uh, what's going on? What's the house? Nothing. Nothing? Yeah. I mean, uh, we had our big 200. We had our big 200. That, that took a lot out of me. Yeah. You uh, did all the work. Uh, yeah. I can't deny that. <laughs> <laughs> um, first episode of uh, the Stupid Sexy Podcast is going to get recorded this weekend. Nice. Uh, Saturday? Yep. Sweet. Uh... Let's see, um, broke my car. Oh, it still drives. It still drives. I just, uh, I ran into a fence. Uh, it's not major, it's just my bumper. Uh, but still, it sucks. You know, just that feeling. Right. That you're an idiot. Oh. <laughs> You're not. The entire world can look at my bumper and see the proof (laughs) of my idiocy. Well, they don't know that it was your fault. Could have been some other guy. Yeah. But I know. Yeah. Well, (laughs) that's hardly noticeable. And there's only two people listening to this, including us. Right. So no one else knows. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, seriously, you people suck. Which ones? Uh, The people not talking to us. Oh. Not listening, even though they tell us they do. Well, I guess I don't know. Oh, we love them. Do we? We would just like to hear some feedback. We would like to hear some feedback, and we would like people to listen. Mm-hmm. They would probably say we should get better, but that's not going to happen. No, <laughs> we are. Uh, this is the plateau. The course is set. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Two hundred episodes in. This is as good as we get. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we can talk about that movie we watched uh, on Saturday. Fuck yeah, we should. <laughs> it was amazing. It was pretty amazing. Uh, we, you came over for Drawing Nines, as you do each and every Saturday, yes. except for this upcoming week. Mm-hmm. Um... And, uh, I just wanted to put something on that was going to be, you know, uh, just mostly filler. A little, know, little uh, background noise. A little background noise while we draw. And, uh, we had previously been talking about Vincent Price, uh, and, uh, a severe, uh, lack of, uh, Vincent Price movies in our lives. Yeah. Uh, it's like, like I think we were both like Edward Scissorhands and... <laughs> Dead heat. <laughs> Dead heat, yeah. <laughs> and that's clearly not the top of his barrel. Nope. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, so I was just scrolling around through Netflix trying to find something random to watch. And I found a Vincent Price movie. And uh, I said, yes, this is what we're going to watch. <laughs> it was called The Comedy of Terrors. Uh, starring Vincent Price, Peter Lorre... <laughs> Uh, Boris Karloff, Rhubarb, <laughs> and Basil Rathbone. <laughs> In that order. In that order. <laughs> and Rhubarb 
It's not like it's not like uh, RuPaul or something where it's like nope. some fancy like <laughs> swinging transvestite from the fifties. <laughs> it's a kitty cat. It's a cat. <laughs> cat has billing over Basil Rathbone, <laughs> who is probably the most recognizable Sherlock Holmes that has ever been on film. Uh, it was uh, his movies that uh, added that uh, the cap and the pipe and everything that you associate with Sherlock. Oh, Holmes. really? Oh, I, yeah. I did not know that. Um, build under a cat. <laughs> well, I wonder if it's one of those things that, like, you know, a lot of times that they always save the best. You know, like and Yafet Kodo, or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. <clears throat> like, you know, if somebody has, like, a small role, sometimes they, like, save the good star. Like, right. and Bruce Willis and right. something. But It could be. It could be. That's, I'm sure that's how he rationalized it, at least. Sure. <laughs> and then he murdered that fucking cat. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I did some research on that cat. Oh, really? Has an IMDb page. <laughs> Rhubarb has an IMDb page. Oh, that's the thing. His name's not Rhubarb. Really? No, his name is Orangey. Orangey? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, Rhubarb was the character he played? No, the character he played was Cleopatra. Oh, wow, I'm really confused. Yeah, but he also played a character called Rhubarb in another movie called Rhubarb. Huh. Uh, okay. Which, uh, so he got typecast. He got That's typecast, what? yeah. Uh, <laughs> people clearly had fond memories of the movie Rhubarb, and they had to you know, cast him in that. It's like when people run into... Whatever this guy's name is on the street, they don't say, hey, whatever his name is, they say, hey, Screech. Exactly. Hey, Screech. Yeah. Exactly. Same thing. Yep. Dustin Diamond. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Dustin Diamond? Yeah. Are you sure it's not like a wrestler or a porn star? Oh, uh, well, he has been in a porn. Really? Oh, yeah. Screech was in a porn. Uh huh. That's terrible news. Uh, I believe it uh, revolved around a dirty Sanchez. Are you serious? I am 100% serious. Did, was was Zach in the movie, too? Just the speech. <laughs> he is the only one who has uh, fallen. It wasn't called, like, Shaved by the Bell? Or... <laughs> I, I don't know. We'll, we'll research it later and uh, come back with the news in another episode. Uh, but, uh, uh, yes, this is all things that uh, have happened. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. I'm sorry, back to Rhubarb. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah, so Rhubarb is a movie about a, a cat whose owner dies and leaves the cat uh, his entire fortune and a baseball team, and then wackiness ensues. Oh, wow. I guess that movie was so popular that, uh... <laughs> <laughs> the kids were going crazy for it. <laughs> There's hula hooping around town drinking malts and <laughs> demanding more rhubarb. Yeah. So, was the cat, like... The manager of the baseball team, you think? Like, Basically, yeah. Making decisions, like, you know, like trading decisions. Sure, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I don't know a thing about this movie other than <laughs> what I read on IMDb. Uh, because I'm just fascinated that the cat was uh, top build in uh, the Comedy of Terrors. <laughs> uh, but the movie was awesome. It was fucking great. Yeah. It's uh, it's a comedy horror movie with uh, Vincent Price playing a a murderous uh, funeral director. Yeah, and a drunkard. Yeah, and he was I like 
I guess apparently, like you, you told me, he's been in a bunch of comedies. First one I've ever seen, unless you count like you know Edward Scissorhands. Is, right. But I mean, like as far as like him doing comedy, he was great. Yeah, oh, yeah. He has good, very good comedic timing. We could use a little Vincent Price here. Yeah, we could. Because <laughs> uh, all I can say is uh, go watch that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking awesome. And that cat is adorable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is that Peter Lorre. Oh, yeah. He's pretty adorable, too. <laughs> can, Boris Karloff. Can you imagine, like, just curling up with a Peter Lorre on your lap and, right. like, watching a movie? You got a blanket out there. <laughs> Maybe, like, your favorite hot beverage. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a good call. I'd never even heard of that movie. I hadn't either. Um, was, like I said, it was just random. Mm. Clipping through the Netflix, saw Vincent Price said, "Hey, why not?" So I think I've seen more Vincent Price movies in the last week than I have in the last ten years. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah I, watched, I watched the Bat the other day. Oh yeah, it was pretty good. Not as good as Comedy of Terrors, though. Right. Well, rhubarb wasn't it? <laughs> no, I don't believe so. This was pre-rhubarb. Right. He was still on the casting couches of Hollywood at this point, trying to break in. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, I did something fun yesterday. What? Yeah. Because we usually do our show here on Sunday nights. We usually do. But uh, me and my friend Zippy and his lady friend Becky, we went uh, to Indianapolis. Oh, far away, Indianapolis. It was very far away. And uh, we went to this, like, 100-year-old theater. It was, like, I think it's from 1919. I forget what it was called. The Morat or something. M-U-R-A-T. And uh, we saw Andrew Bird play live. And it was fucking amazing. He uh, is a... A showman and a half. Oh? Yeah. Like fire pits and, uh... Well, nothing that extravagant, but he, like, he does a lot of, like... I mean, he plays different instruments, not all at the same time, but he, like... Uh-huh. You're out, yeah. Not all at the same time, but, but like, he would, like, play a little... Because he was the violin player in Squirrel Nut Zippers. Okay. And then he, like, kind of broke out and did his own thing. And, like, he'll, like, play a little violin piece, and he's, like... Recording it with his like a uh, a foot pedal, oh. you know, like looping it, right. and then and then like he you know presses the button on the foot pedal and it starts looping it, and then he like plays a different part. So he's like, I mean, you're not hearing a stock recording. It's like he recorded it four seconds ago, right. and then he like plays this new stuff on top of it. And then like it was really neat, and then and he's and like he'll like I don't know. There's just all these crazy effects, and he was controlling them, and I've. uh seen that before. Uh, like, uh, I remember watching an episode of uh, Late Night with Conan O'Brien where some band, that's what they did. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember seeing video of uh can't remember the guy's name, but he was uh, the former guitar player for Limp Biscuit. Oh, okay. Uh, this was like after he quit Limp Biscuit. It was just him on stage with his guitar and he would uh, just start Playing riffs and stuff and recording them all and looping them all and like eventually like building up into like a song that he was playing. Uh, I find that tedious. Oh, really? Yeah. I would have hated that show. This was probably more subtle than that though, because I mean, it was just like, 
Like, it wasn't even obvious that that was what was going on right at first. You know, he wasn't like, I'm going to be doing this or anything. Right. But, uh, man, it, it was amazing. Like, and plus, I mean, like, two or three of his albums are just, like, some of my favorite albums ever. And he played songs for them, and I don't know. It was a great show. Plus, the theater was just amazing. It was it was very reminiscent of that theater. I forget what it was called that we saw Never Not Funny at. Okay. Sure. Um, it was kind of like that, only, like, the one we saw that was... I mean, like, this isn't a slag on that theater because it still was awesome, but it was, like, kind of ran down. Right. And, but this one, like, it looks like they'd really kept it up, and so it was, like, this beautiful theater. And we were, oh, this was the good part, too. We were four rows back. Like, it was, like, the stage and then the orchestra pit, and then we were just four rows back. So we had a really good, you know, view of everything, and it sounded amazing. But, um, like, that was in Indianapolis, and... uh like, I didn't get back home till like, 2 in the morning, and I had to get up at 7.30 for work, so I was like, this sucks. <laughs> but other than that, like, it was great. It was totally worth it. Were you driving, though? No. I, see, I, I was like, I'll just sleep on the way back, but uh, Zippy was tired. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Zippy was driving, so he pretty much talked to me the whole time, and, like, I tried to keep him awake because his girlfriend was, like, falling asleep in the back seat. So... Yeah, uh, I mean, it was good though. It was good times. It was that's cool. cool. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, that's pretty much been my week. Yeah, I didn't do anything yesterday. <laughs> so, sure, you did uh, some drawing, right? Yeah, nobody's here about that. Yeah. So, uh, let me pick a movie so that I can go to bed. Oh, yeah. But see, I've already had my nap and I don't have to get up early tomorrow. So. Yeah, well, I had a nap and I'm still exhausted. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm just not feeling well, so. I'm gonna pick a movie that we are gonna watch for the next episode. Rhubarb? <laughs> Sadly, no. Oh. Yeah. Does it at least have rhubarb in it? <laughs> it very well might. I don't know. Uh, probably not. Because this movie came out about ten years after uh, Comedy of Terrors. <laughs> okay. So probably was not alive at the oh, time. No, I'm just sad. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> the short lifespan of Rhubarb. I'm sure he lived a long and healthy life. Next you're going to tell me Peter Loy and Vincent Price are dead. I'm also going to hate to tell you that the movie I did pick probably is full of dead people. Oh, no! <laughs> uh, so the movie I'm picking, uh, on top of it all, is called Murder by Death. <laughs> Isn't that a Motorhead song? It's Killed by oh, Death. Killed by- and I think you just gave away the song I was going to pick. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Nah, I'm probably not going to pick that song. Uh, Murder by Death. That's a real a, thing. It is a real thing. A uh, movie came out in 1973, starring Peter Falk, Peter Sellers, David Niven. Uh, and it's a uh, murder mystery comedy. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Sounds really cool. I look forward to it. Alrighty then. Kind of, kind of easing us into the Halloween theme there. A little murder, a little, little death, bit, little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. We, we had some murder in uh, the book we read today. That's true. Yeah, we're we're a murderous bunch. We love killing. Stuff. We do indeed. 
It's the only thing that keeps us from actually committing murders. Yeah. I was reading about it constantly. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> All right, then. Yeah. <laughs> I'll we'll see you next week. Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening to Gutter Trash. You can subscribe to the show from guttertrash.net or from iTunes and leave us a review. Visit guttertrash.net for email information, links to our Facebook and Twitter pages, and for other podcasts and websites in the Gutter Trash Network. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>